Are you tired of stressing out about your marketing, wondering how to boost your online presence, attract more clients, and become a go-to expert in your field? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Marketing Chat Podcast. I'm Kelly. I'm a marketing strategist, podcast coach, and the best-selling author of the Podcast Launch Playbook. I'm here to help you get moving with your marketing with way less stress and way more fun. A little warning first before we get started. We're going to be cussing in this episode because my guest and I both like to say fuck. Today, I'm chatting with Donnie Bovane, co-host of the Growth Mode podcast and author of Fucked to Focused, taking your business from growth mode to ultimate scale. One of the things we discuss in this interview is that we all tend to learn better from people who have fucked up and learned from their mistakes than we do from people who have succeeded easily with not much struggle. Donnie shares his stories in his book, on his podcast, and in this episode. I thought I'd share a story of my own real quick. I've been podcasting with the Geek Girl Suit podcast since January 2012. A couple of my friends threw that podcast together and invited me to join two months later. We were winging it and having a blast. A couple of months after that, I started a live podcast at Blog Talk Radio, where I interviewed a guest every week. I was interviewing women entrepreneurs about their entrepreneurial journey, what they had learned, what mistakes they had made, and what tips they could share. It was a ton of fun. Y'all know how much I love podcasting. (laughs) But I didn't have a clear plan around that show. I didn't have a goal, and I didn't have a system. Over the course of the year that I ran that show, I had a few guests just not show up. I was left hanging on the air live with listeners there waiting. I would make up some shit to talk about for 15 to 20 minutes. Then I'd end it early. I never promoted myself or my business on that show. So essentially, I was just promoting my guests. I mean, what the hell was I doing? And other than sending guests instructions for the interview and a reminder to show up, yes, I did do that. I didn't prepare questions or do much research on them. Oh my Lord, what was I thinking? I had listeners, both live and for the replays. But with those guests not showing up and with the randomness of how I ran it, it just got to be exhausting. So I ended it after about a year. What I learned was you've got to have a clear plan for a podcast. You've got to have a goal for your show. And you've got to have an excellent system in place to run it. I teach people how to start their own podcast. And I'm a good teacher because I've struggled through it. I've fucked up. I've learned. And I've come back to do it right. I hope you enjoy this interview with Donnie Bobing. He gets real right from the start. And he's got so many great lessons for you. At 40 years old, my guest, Donnie Bovine, discovered that he'd been living other people's dreams. For two decades, he mastered sales that made other people wealthy. Confident in his sales ability and local brand, Donnie jumped out on his own to chase his dream of speaking on stages and inspiring other people to go for their own business freedom. But he quickly learned that he had an employee mindset not a business owner's mindset, and ran his business straight into the ground. While struggling to find his footing and build his business, Donnie began to discover himself. Donnie's journey led him to build the success champion family of companies. Welcome, Donnie. I am so happy to have you here today. Oh, Kelly, my honor, girl. The few seconds we've already spent chatting, I'm pretty excited to be hanging out with you. I think we're going to have a really damn good time. But yeah, if you're sensitive for this episode, guys, you may want to put earmuffs on because you're just going to get the full version of me. And as as I tell people, I talk like I talk and you're either going to like it or you're not. And either way, I'm good with it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I I was telling Donnie before we started recording that if y'all have been listening for a while, you know that these episodes are clean. There have been a couple where there's been a little bit of cussing, but yeah, this one, we're just going to go all out, be ourselves. <laughs> it's the only yeah. way to be. Yeah. Only way to be. Exactly. Fuck yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about your background a little bit. 
For sure. In your book, you write about how you were in sales before you started your business mm -hmm. and you knew sales really well. And when you went out on your own, you had a non-compete with the other company and the company yep. that you left. So how did you do that when you left? I can tell you I didn't do it well at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was not prepared to be told that I couldn't talk about sales, sales training, sales management, business development, anything in that regards anywhere in the world. And I actually I get to, that sense about you. Yeah. You, know, you don't tell Donnie Bobane no. No. Can't. <laughs> That's usually a good surefire way to guarantee I'm going to do it until you bring, you know, lawyers and things in. Right. You know, I actually tried to fight it. And my lawyers told me, well, you're in Texas. You can beat and not compete. Just so you know that it's going to cost you half a million dollars. And by the time you're done trying to beat this thing, your non compete's going to be up anyways. You know, so it, I made the choice to come out as a success coach. And Kelly, I say in the book, I have no fucking clue what a success coach is. <laughs> right. Sorry, a... other success coaches out there. I know. <laughs> For me, I mean, it really, I, I started off, as I tell everybody, as a business whore that just said yes to whatever I could find. And that meant I threw a crap ton of money building courses, you know, learning things, trying to sell anything I could get my hands on, doing some half-ass coaching and just being completely all over the map. And a lot of it is I knew sales. And now here I was in a spot that I wanted to be on stages and I wanted to be known, but except for my little hometown, nobody knew who the hell I was. So I really found myself in a spot of, I just walked away from the greatest job I ever had, making the most money I'd ever had. And now I'm in a spot where I don't know what the hell my business is. Mm. Well, six months of trying to do this and throw money at it. You know, I stood on the back porch of my farm with my wife dead in the face and said, babe, we're about to lose everything we own. And to really hit that one hard, my wife that Monday morning had to go cash in her 401k to legitimately save our farm. The mortgage was three months behind and her Jeep had been repossessed. So she had to go get her Jeep back. And she looked at me in that moment and said, dude, get off your ass and go sell something. Mm. And what I realized for me growing up is I never saw the CEOs of the companies I worked for. The only time I saw them is as I you know, sold a multi-million dollar deal or we were losing a multi-million dollar client. So I had no idea what a CEO did. So, I mean, I thought they sat in the damn corner office and I don't know, played solitaire all day. I had no clue what the hell they did. <laughs> But I started fighting, you know, clawing, scratching and figuring things out. But that that, you know, first year of business was one of the scariest times in my life, not knowing what the hell my business actually was. And even worse, not even be able to tell people what I did. It led to a lot of interesting conversations. Mm -hmm. That is so tough. I mean, I've worked with so many clients and experienced that myself having that dreaded question of, so what do you do? Uh, uh, <laughs> life coaching and marketing coaching. Okay. Well, like what specifically? So like, how do you help clients? Well, live better lives and market their uh, businesses better. <laughs> I think and you just described 90% of the coaches in America. Exactly. <laughs> so like, how does that distinguish you from anyone else? And like, yeah. what is the client's specific problem? That is so hard for most people out there, you know, it is. especially working for yourself. It, I think most people, well, I mean, a lot of it comes from people just haven't broken enough shit to figure out what their business actually is. Yeah. There's, there's also a lot of desperation that plays into it because, you know, the first year or two in business, there's a lot of, I just need money. You know, I just need yeah. revenue coming in. So they're, you know, they business whore out a lot because they got to get money coming from some direction, which I get. I'm totally, you know, empathetic towards. But at some point, you've got to pick a direction in your business and go, okay, this is what I do. Because if you don't, my biggest thing that I, that I think hurts people is if you can't tell somebody what you do in five words or less, you're unreferable, right? Yeah. Nobody outside of, in, of you can tell people what you can, what you do, which means they can't help introduce you to the people that would help you grow your business or potentially become clients. You know, it's, everybody says, you know, get your niche and focus and all that stuff so you can get your marketing right. 
for me, I could give a shit about the marketing getting right. I mean, it's important, but for me, it's all more important to get people to understand what you do so they can introduce you to the right damn people and you become referable. Yeah. Right. Change the story. Yeah. And you're so right doing that in just a few words, as opposed to like a long form sales page, or you write in your book about someone saying, oh, just get me in front of them (laughs) and then I can explain it. Okay. But, but then you also write in the book about, well, I don't even know who to put you in front of if you can't tell me what you did. For sure. And most people, are, you know, if, if they go beyond the five words, they're now pitching. They're, yeah. It's no longer me trying to explain what I'm doing. It's now I'm trying to pitch you my services because they they can't put it in a few quick words. And it goes back. There's a lot of head trash with that because people are afraid that if, if I say I'm this, then I won't get this or I won't get this and I won't get this or I won't you know, get introduced to this person. And that's all such a desperation mindset of, you know, coming from someplace of lack that you've got to be definitive. So, so people, because people want to help. They, they really want to make the introductions. They really want to get you to the right people. But when they don't know how to help you, they won't. And that's so true. It, it makes it very hard to build a business. That's so true. And you're right about that desperation and lack. It's like, when most entrepreneurs start out, especially like solo entrepreneurs, service-based businesses, when we start out, it's like, oh, my service is good for everyone. Yeah. Anyone can use it, especially like with coaching, yeah. you know, but when we try to appeal to everyone, we appeal to no one. 100%. You know, and I think, and unfortunately, I think everybody's going to learn that the hard way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think there's a lot of people that were like me and, you know, I just had such a desire to serve the world and get a message because, you know, I grew up in the self-help stuff with Zig Ziglar and Tony Robbins and, you know, go back to Jim Rohn and, and the likes. And, you know, I wanted to do that for others. I really thought that I would be able to motivate, inspire, help other people. And I wanted to do it on the scale and volume that they were doing. A couple of things I didn't understand early on is one, nobody knew who the hell I was. Two, I hadn't figured out how to translate my life experiences into knowledge that other people needed to consume. My life had been on a singular linear path of just sales. So I didn't have a lot of worldly experiences like you get building a business to be able to come back and teach tangible things to other people. I mean, yes, you can teach a lot in sales. There's a lot of things you can teach inside of sales, but sales only spoke to a portion of the overall issue with people. And so not only did people not know who I was, I had no message. I had no platform. I had nothing that was definitive to say, hey, come follow me. You know, I had to go get kicked my, my teeth kicked in in the marketplace to go, all right, this is what I actually fucking do. And in doing that, you know, it allowed the world to lean in. But we all have this ego enough about us. We want to help and save the world. And anytime you try and help and save the world, it's a surefire way to go broke. Great point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we really do need failures along the way, like you said, to get our teeth kicked in before we can truly help other people. Like people for whom something comes naturally, I think don't teach it as well as people who had to really struggle to get it. Yeah, 100% agree with that. You know, I think unfortunately, and I don't, I mean, I, I piss some people off when I say this and I'm okay with that is I think for most people, they have to hit rock bottom before they actually make a change. And and I think the reason being is you got to get to a place where you run out of excuses because most of us live the life of excuses, not even realizing we were. And you got to get to a place where it's so bad that the desire to change is greater than a desire of staying where you are. And I mean, that was for me. I mean, looking at my standing on the back porch, looking at my wife said, I'm about to lose anything. You know, I wasn't living up to, to my end of our marriage bargain of being a husband, taking care of a provider, you know, let alone we had built a second house on the property for my mother-in-law and mm. she was going to lose all her stuff too. And 
that became the catalyst for me to make a shift. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of people have not put themselves in a position where they could actually bet the farm, if you will, or, or, or potentially lose it all. And therefore, they always maintain and their life continues to be this series of repetition where it always comes back to the same spot and they always end up doing and, and being the same person because they've never gotten punched in the face hard enough and they keep telling themselves, well, I'm going to be better. I'm going to make more money. And they're, and they're trying to affirmation their way through the thing when it's, you know, you got to go get punched in the damn face several times and go, okay, maybe next time I'll duck. Right. <laughs> then you duck and you get hit by the other fist, but you know, now you're starting to learn and apply and move. Right. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Affirmations can help with mindset, but action is what helps the most taking action. And even when it is a mindset thing, I still find action to help the most. Yeah. You know, what's funny is I'll, I, I lived this journey for many, many years. So I'll use myself as the example, but you know, that first year in business, I'm like, you know, I need a, I need a blog because the blog's going to really help me get this business going. So I started writing a blog and I'm like, holy crap, this blog's a ton of work. Jesus, I got to write every freaking day. I got to come up with new ideas. This is harder than I want to do. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start a YouTube channel. I think a YouTube channel is going to be the answer, right? So now I started a YouTube channel. I go down that path. I start creating. I'm like, holy crap, this is a lot of work. Not only do I got to set up a camera, now I got to figure out what am I going to say? Then it's going to be edited. All right, this is more work than I thought it was going to be. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write a book. I think writing a book is going to be the answer. That's going to be the thing. So I start writing a book and I'm getting through it. I'm like, oh my God, this is a lot of work <laughs> trying to put all these chapters together, all this stuff. And I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start a podcast because the podcast is going to be the answer. And what most people do, like I did in that first year, was is they get right up to the point of where they may actually start learning something and they pull the trigger saying, this is too hard. This is too difficult. And they start over. So their life is this series of this, this revolving circle that they always end up in the exact same place that they did. Success is found when you get to that point where most people would throw in the towel and say, this is too hard, that you take one more step forward. But this time you go, okay, what have I learned up to this point? How do I apply that and keep pushing forward? And because most people aren't willing to take that next step, they're not willing to risk it all, which means they're just going to pick the next thing and start over. So you see all the people with the perpetual jobs or the perpetual careers or whatever else, and they always end up where they started from because they'll never fully commit to doing the thing. And you've got to fully commit beyond where the people would quit and keep pushing until you actually start evolving as a human being, evolving as a person, and ultimately liking the person that looks you back in the mirror. And that's when all the magic happens. Yeah. But people don't want to get punched. No, you're right. They, they want the easy button. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's why we, you know, if you go look on Apple Podcasts, you see all these podcasts that haven't been updated and years or, right you know whatever and and there's no final episode you know it's not a limited series it's just right. you know they ended and that's fine you know podcasting is not for everyone i teach people how to start a podcast and it it definitely it's hard for sure you know for sure and it's not for everyone blogging is is absolutely great you know if you love writing then write if you love speaking then podcast if you'd rather be on video then do that you have to do something Sure. You, know, you have to create content. But. 100%. I just think most people go into all of that stuff believing whether they voice it or not in some form, they think that's the silver bullet. That's the magic yes. thing that they need to do. They're not going into it to legitimately teach, help, coach, right. mentor others. They're going into it because they have to sell. So now that desperation carries into the content. So and true. You're right. The, so right. They're going into it from that perspective of this is going to help me sell. This is going to help me market my business. And they need, we need to do it more from the perspective of what am I giving? How am I contributing to my audience, to my ideal client, you know, to my followers? What valuable information am I sharing? And do I love doing this? For sure. 
And what am I learning along the way so I get better at the practice? You know, because people are looking at it from how do I generate revenue, Mm. which there's nothing wrong with that, but you need to look at it from, okay, if it's a revenue generation is the goal, what's the milestones and the parameters you're going to put in place that allows you to get better at the craft so you can actually turn those listeners, those readers, those followers into a revenue source you got to spend just as much time learning how to do that craft so it returns a revenue thing is as much as you spend the time learning how to do the craft itself. And that's the people want to, once again, they want to show up and produce, but they don't want to put the work in that actually turns it into a revenue producing activity. Very true. So since we're talking about that, I'm going to jump way ahead. Oh, come on. Since we're talking about podcasting, you have your own podcast, the Growth Mode Podcast. Can tell us a little about that? For sure. So it was actually my second podcast. Well, technically third, because I did start one little tiny podcast. I made like seven episodes and I realized I'd launched the wrong show altogether. Then Success Champions, my first, and then we launched Growth Mode. Growth Mode came about because of how much I screwed up in the podcasting game. And most people do a podcast to interview other people and they may use it as a networking tool and the likes. And what we had to come to the realization is, is nobody wants to hear just you record a Zoom conversation. Mm -hmm. So when we launch growth mode, we're like, okay, what's the point? What's the purpose? What are we accomplishing with the show? And we said 100%, we're going to teach people actually how to grow a business so they can scale. And then we went through and said, okay, what are the things you need to do to be able to grow a business? And, and you know, which led us through a whole ton of stuff from mindset to sales, to operations, systems, marketing, you know, the whole nine yards and to bring all that to together. And then we had to produce it in a format that allowed people to be able to not only learn, but wrap their head around it. So you have me and Kevin, who's our CEO of the company, who's introverted as hell, and me, who's loud, crazy out there, <laughs> both of us veterans. And so we come at it from a lot of perspective of this is how he do it as an introvert. This is how I do it as an, as an extrovert. But this is how we've also built the business, the systems. He's very much system operations. I'm very much bull in a china shop. Just do it my fucking way and figure <laughs> the hell out. So we talk a lot about, you know, all the things you need to be doing in business and laugh all the way through the thing and have a good time. But it's really written for that small business owner that's been a year or two in business, has gotten punched in the face several times, and is now like, okay, there's got to be a better fucking way to do it. Same way I wrote the book. I mean, it's, it's that same target I'm going after. Because I think for coaching to ultimately work for a lot of people, and I'm not a coach by any stretch of the imagination, but for coaching to work for a lot of people, you got to know the right questions to ask to get the benefits and results that you really need. And until you've been punched in the face enough times, it's really hard to ask the right question. And so you're getting a bunch of advice from people that are meaning well and intending well, but you're going to go through some hard learning processes trying to apply what they're teaching. So we're hoping growth mode continues to shortcuts that process for a lot of people so they can go come tune in each week and listen to Kevin and I's fuck up because we talk about them all the time. And uh, I think that's where we found a lot of success is I'm just okay sharing everything I screw up out there. And uh, because of that, you know, people keep leaning into the conversations and it's, it's been a lot of fun to put together and, you know, watch as many countries continue to pick it up and, and listen mm-hmm. to the show. That's awesome. Yeah, I think people really do like and appreciate hearing about hosts and mentors fuck ups. Yep. Because as we were talking about earlier about how people who have fucked up and failed teach better than people who have never fucked up or, or act like they haven't. <laughs> I I want to hear reality. You know, yes. if somebody's acting like or hiding their failures, that just does. It's not authentic. You know, when I first started teaching and trying to put out content, I really thought that if 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 people knew how bad it was, that they would never do business with me. And because why would anybody do a business with that much? Was that person who's about to learn lose a farm? Why would they, you know, have any desire? And interestingly enough, um, now I think there's 
people need to set some sort of boundaries on on what they share. Because look, I don't give a shit what you had for breakfast, just right for the record, right? <laughs> but but the putting out content that is your stories, your mishaps, your screw ups, your fuck ups, and the like, but done in a moment of let me teach you what I've gone through, let me document through what I'm going through allows others to feel like they're sitting right beside you on the journey. And if you take the book, Fuck to Focus, it's one of the greatest compliments I got back from a lot of people. If people are like, dude, I felt like I was, it was a conversation with you throughout the book. And that's, that's how people need to look at how they're putting content out in the marketplace in general is how do I tell this that people will lean into the story so they can actually learn the lesson that's supposed to be learned and not just read the words and not take action on it. And, mm-hmm. and then that's where sharing the rawness of a lot of my story, always with a business twist on it, has allowed us to build what we built with success champions and everything. You know, yeah. that you got to do it from a, you're not sharing it to get empathy or apathy or, you're sharing it so others can learn as part of it, but you've got to teach what you learned going through that screw up. Exactly. Yeah. I don't resonate as much with books where they don't give any inside information, where they right. don't tell their story. They may just say, I'm sharing all of this from my 20, 30 years of experience. Okay, well, what is that experience? Well, and I'll tell you the successes. You every know? time they do that, what I realize is they don't have 20, 30 years experience. I got year one repeated 20 or 30 times. They right. are actually <laughs> fucking involved. They, right. Let me teach you my theories because I don't actually know any of this crap. You know, that's that's yeah. that's what most of those guys and gals do. It's like any yeah. book that you read that spends the first 12 hours on their story of who they are and what they've accomplished, I'm out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, everything after it's just going to be made up bullshit or theory. Yeah. Yes. Very true. Okay. So I'm glad you mentioned the title of your book or the first part because I, I brought up your book a few times and never said the title. So <laughs> fucked to focused and the U is replaced with an asterisk. Uh, fucked to focus, taking your business from growth mode to ultimate scale. I love that title. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So can you tell us a little bit about, about what it is about? Yeah, for sure. So I wrote the book to me when I was going through the shit storm. Oh. So of building a business. So what I realized is if in my darkest time of should I keep doing this business, I'm going to lose everything and everything. I really wish somebody would have tapped me on the shoulder and said, you know what? You got this. Here's the next step. Here's what you need to do next. You know, here's the next direction you need to go. Let's knock this out. Under the guise of, dude, get off your ass and go sell something, you know? Yeah. And so the book, I, I wrote it to that Donnie that many years back and said, all right, dude, let's go. Let's figure this out. Let's build your vision. Let's figure out your, what you're selling. Let's figure out your business development strategy. Let's figure out all the things so you can actually grow a business. And I didn't write it so people would create a, a bullshit, you know, uh, marketing plan or business plan type thing. I wrote it as a guide. So as they're going along and they screw up somewhere and they're like, okay, what am I doing here? They can come back to the book and go, okay, this is what his journey was on this. Mm-hmm. But it, I also wrote it from, okay, this is my theory. This is my opinion. Try it. If it works for you, cool. If it doesn't, cool, right? Go do your thing. But it was really written as let me share all the things that I fucked up all the way through it so you can grab it and hopefully apply some of the things and be able to start growing your business because now you know what's next and what you need to do. Uh, and, and man, it's, it's done well. I'm extremely proud of how well it's done in the marketplace and the feedback and the reviews have just, it, they've been killer. I'm, I'm very grateful. That's awesome. I read it over the weekend and just love it. Yeah. And so the fucked to focus, I take to mean 
Like, you know, so when you were fucking up your first business after leaving your sales job and how you say that you went from, or you had an employee mindset Mm. instead of a business owner's mindset. And then, you know, that moment on the farm with your wife, and then you finally got everything into gear and have created this successful business now. And you walk readers through these steps and and like you said suggestions you know that aren't like set in stone but it's like here try this and and maybe it'll work for you and so there are a couple of things i particularly love like a champion's vision <laughs> creating a champion's vision i just love that can you tell us a little about that yeah what i realized and this kind of goes back to a little bit to what do you sell and how do you show up is I knew what I wanted to accomplish, but nobody else did. Mm. And what I realized is I couldn't articulate it in a way that people would resonate and understand what I wanted to accomplish. So I had to come up with a vision that one, I could tell others two that would get them to lean in and go, fuck, I want to be a part of that journey. Mm. And so You know, I really figured this out when we decided to change how the world networks and create the new networking groups groups and the versions and uh, things we're doing with that now created the fastest growing networking organization on the planet, which is amazing and just having a lot of Mm -hmm. fun with it. But when you get that vision right, people will literally raise their hand and go, "Ooh, I want to go on that journey with you. I want to actually help make that journey a thing. And the day I said, I want to change how the world networks, I was blown away by how many people went, ooh, me too, right? I'm looking for something better, something higher caliber, something that I can be a part of and do more of. And and I really want people to find success in. And I mean, it was was an instant transformation in what we were doing from a business and the number of people that quickly raised their hand and got involved and helped us figure out different scenarios. I mean, we launched five chapters within seven days and it, it was, you know, all part of, I could finally articulate what I want to do in the marketplace. And I think because people are unclear in what their overall vision is, and the, and the vision isn't a selfish thing. This is a vision of how you want to impact the world. And it can be your immediate world around you. You know, for me, I wanted to go a lot bigger scale. And I think most people are looking to pay their bills or looking to make quick money. They're not thinking about what are they trying to accomplish for the long haul. And once I figured that out and could articulate, man, the people that continue to lean in has been amazing. But it comes back to you've got to know really what you want to do in life. And then you've got to be able to articulate, articulate it in a way that people are like, fuck, yeah, I want that too. here. Let me help you build that vision. Yes, because we need help. For sure. Really, we can't do everything. Absolutely not. And especially when it comes to a vision and changing, quote, the world. And like you said, any part of our world, yep. it, it's it's not a one person game. And For so sure. we can't articulate that vision. And I love that phrase, champion's vision. You know, it's it is heroic. For sure. For sure. Then then we're we're dead in the water. Absolutely. And, you know. This is why the book is written for people that have been in business for you know a year or two, because until you know what the business is, you're going to struggle figuring out the vision. You're going to struggle who you sell to. You're going to struggle saying what you sell. And I, I think that's the, the part of the game is you got to go fuck it up for a little while. So you come back and you know the exact words to be asking, you know, the exact questions so that this knowledge makes sense and you can start truly growing your business. So your ideal client is a fuck up who's ready to get focused. Yes. (laughs) I've never actually put it that way, but yes. Yes, I like it. I like it. Imagine that. marketing Not exactly, but you know. I like, well, I tell you, most of my clientele would a hundred percent resonate with the fuck up the renegade, you know, um, you tend to get the rough around the edges. So yes, I'm good. good (laughs) That's great. Okay. And so then 
in your book, you walk people through creating champion codes. Can you explain that, please? So I think oftentimes as we're running through business is we never put any sort of boundaries, meaning this is what my company represents. This is how we're going to show up. This is how I want people to explain us. This is who, how I make decisions. We never give ourselves any sort of rules or guidelines to follow. We just, you know, shoot from the hip and see what happens and what's going to work. So I came up with the idea of giving ourselves, you know, the champions codes, which was, you know, really related back to the Knights of the round table, freaking Knights code when, you know, a Knight's honor actually meant something, that type of thing. And I said, okay, if we're going to come up with a set of codes that we're going to bounce everything off of, you know, let's come up with things that we really want to live by and that will drive a lot of our decisions and drive a lot of the things we do. We worked for a while, but coming up with our codes and, you know, the first one, which was, you know, show up as you, you know, what we realized is we just hit the marketplace a lot more strong, a lot more valuable when we weren't one person, you know, during the day and a different person at night, man, you know, funniest thing that people say is, you know, they've seen my social content and they meet me in person. I'm like, oh my God, you sound like the same damn person. Good. I hope so. Right. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then for us, you know, our second one, which was huge is family first. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I want you to be at the kids game. I want you to take vacation. You know, if somebody's sick, get your ass there, you know, and we'll figure out how to pick up the pieces. But we, I mean, families, you know, home base for most people. So, you know, yeah. and the family's not right. You're not right. You know, and yeah. then we did the other three, which is, you know, always be learning, go break shit. Don't be a dick. You know, these were all things for us that, I mean, a lot of them were written for me as a reminder of, dude, this is how you need to be showing up. This is what you need to be doing. And, you know, yeah. the, the particular one, the don't be a dick one, I had to learn, I, I had to bring it in as a add-on after we had come up with them because I was finding myself in situations and these other type of networking functions of people I didn't want to be hanging out with and, and people that just weren't going big and I was getting frustrated and my ego kept getting in a way and versus where I could actually help some of these damn people. Mm-hmm. So I had to put this in play to remind myself, dude, you were there once, you know, uh, it's, it's time to take a deep breath speak to them in a way that they're going to understand, right? And and mentor them along. But having this champion's code has literally been like the out of bounds line on a football field for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And it's really guided us into a lot of things that we're doing. And now we use it in all of our masterminds as the parameters of how the members are showing up. Um, and we, we have added a question onto the end of the codes that we didn't include in the book. But the question we ask now at every meeting is, where are you bullshitting yourself? Yeah. Yeah. That's why we added. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, but that came from going through the codes and going, okay, how are we showing up? And and then all of a sudden, where are you bullshitting yourself? May end up becoming an additional code, but uh, Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, and and that's the cool thing about everything we do is it's going to evolve. There's going to be an evolution of it, you know. Um, I read a, or I heard Malcolm Gladwell in an interview and he said, every book he writes, it's done from a perception of how do I disprove the book before it? And I thought that's a fascinating way to look at it. So I know, you know, as, as amazing and awesome as fuck to focus is and how much we're loving, how far it's gone and how big it is, there will be an upgraded version of it at some point as we continue to scale and learn. So, yeah, absolutely. So the champion codes, champions codes, make me think of a vision and mission statement, but these are so much more fun and they sound more effective Well, because and you're really committing to them. For sure. And 
this is why I don't use your traditional vision, mission, statement, all that, because there's nothing to those and nobody buys into those. Nobody leans into them. They're just something that's thrown up on a board and you can go to almost every Fortune 500 company in the world and say, okay, what's your company vision? What's your company vision? What, what's your core value? And, and nobody knows. Yeah. So we set out to, okay, how do we change that? How do we put this into something that people really want to be a part of? And they're like, ooh. You know, uh, when you say things like "don't be a dick," they're like, "Okay, I can remember that one." You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that they're really written for your company as a whole. And what people need to think about: it, I don't care if you're a company of one, you're writing those codes for the, your entire team. Because at some point, you're the marketing team. Some point, you're the sales team. Some point, you're the finance team. And yeah, you've got to remember how you're showing up in all those functions at all times. And eventually you may bring on teams. And then when you bring on teams, you know, they need to fit the, this, this vision and these codes. Yeah, very true. Okay, so let's talk about the business of your business. Y'all innovated how networking is done. <laughs> I want to hear about this. So and, I and, and I mentioned earlier, your company is called Success Champions. Yep. yep. All right. So... I never wanted to start networking groups. Um, it was not a thing that I wanted to do. I had spent a good chunk of my sales career in networking of some sort or fashion. So I found networking originally when I sold commercial printing, was getting my teeth kicked in and wasn't doing well selling commercial printing. So I Googled other ways to sell and I found what I thought was kind of an AA meeting for business professionals. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, B&I was my first style of networking and I really learned to network and things there, but my clientele were of such nature that, you know, we were doing 25 to 50 to a hundred thousand dollar jobs and nothing against the B&I organization, but those people in there traditionally can't get you to that level of work or that level of introduction. So I found the chamber while I sold commercial printing and the chamber had a lot more access to the larger clientele. So I did that. Um, and at one point I ran 11 chapters for the Fort Worth Chamber of Commerce here in Texas. And then um, when I got moved into sales training and started selling sales training, the chamber wasn't necessarily having the high enough you know, clientele that I could get to. So I formed all my own networking groups. So I was a, a for, running 11 groups for the chamber, six groups of my own, and, you know, uh, all the while I wasn't making any money off of them through, except through referrals and introductions. So when I launched my company, I said, I'll never do networking because I don't want to be the guy who teaches networking because anybody who teaches networking, is just some broke asshole that doesn't know how to sell. Right. And I'm not going to be associated with that. I mean, think about it. Somebody's teaching networking. Come on go say hi to somebody, right? And collect a business card, follow up with them. There you go. You learn networking. And, yep. you know, so what had happened was, is I'd rented out a convention center to do our first badass business summit and pandemic hits and we can't do the summits. Mm. You know, we had yeah. speakers flying in from around the world. We'd sold out the event and now we um, couldn't do it. So, um, on that night, I literally looked at the team and said, guys, we're going to be fine. At that point, our business was completely online. We had two and a half years in and we were totally online. And I said, we're going to be fine. You know, the revenue is still going to come through, but all these businesses are going to moving online and they have no idea how to do it. And they don't have a two and a half year runway. They got 30 days to, mm -hmm. to figure this out. So like you do that night, I'm laying in bed, 3.30 in the morning, I bolt the hell out of bed and went shit, scared the hell out of my wife. Um, she's like, what's the matter? I'm like, sorry, babe, just got a business idea. And in her words, she's like, well, write that shit down and roll over, would you? you know? yeah. um, and that morning I'm sitting over a cup of coffee with her and telling her, I'm like, babe, I'm going to launch networking groups, but I don't want to do it. And she's like, why not? And I said, I just don't want to be the guy who's associated with networking because I can sell. I mean, I've sold hundreds of millions of dollars and I don't want to be associated with that. And she looked at me and I'll just say it the way she did. She goes, you realize you're a fucking idiot, right? I'm like, <laughs> how am I a fucking idiot? She goes, why don't you become the guy who changes how the world networks and fix everything that people hate about networking? And I went. Your wife is kind of brilliant. Oh, that one of the next books coming out is the shit that my wife said that actually changed my life. 
Um, and that's a real and that is the title, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Because <laughs> um, there's a series of these things like get off your ass and go sell something, you know, and the likes that she said at key pivotal moments. Good. Um, and I'm like, don't worry, babe. At some point, I'm put your ass up on stage. She's like, oh, no, but we'll get her there. Well, let me know when that book is out. And I will. I'll I will. <laughs> yeah. well, everybody loves that, you know, but it's all true. But at that moment, when she said that seven days later, we launched our first chapter. And then within 10 days, I think altogether, we had launched five chapters. And we literally just fixed what most people hate about networking. And, you know, we did things like, okay, no multi-level marketing or network marketers. We did things where all of our meetings were virtual and built for virtual. I mean, nobody wants to mm -hmm. sit around and listen to 30, 60 second commercials for 35, 40 minutes. And then somebody drone on and do a horrible presentation that nobody gives a shit about. And then they fabricate yeah. a whole bunch of referrals. So we brought a lot of training and education into it. You have access to the entire SEN network. So you're not just networking with your chapter. You can go network with all the other chapters. We have online training where we bring all the chapters together. Um, Wow. Private communities. And then we do hub events where we do combined events and areas. We have multiple chapters that yeah. leads up to the badass business summit. So, um, and I don't know how you measure it, but people keep telling us we're the fastest growing organization on the planet. I mean, we've got 55 chapters across the U.S., three, four in Canada. We're working on six other countries. Oh my goodness. And, you know, and it's, and it all stems from, we wanted to change how the world networks and, yeah. and people leaned in quickly and said, okay, let's do just that. That's and awesome. Some days like, I feel like I'm riding a lightning bolt. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so do you love it? Because you said, you know, you didn't want to do it at first. Well, the quick answer is yes. And I think the answer is yes, because I built it for me. I'm like, what right. would I actually show up to? What would I actually mm -hmm. attend? What would I do? And, you know, another thing that I think has been a key contributing factor is we don't talk about referrals because mm -hmm. referrals lead to a singular transaction, right? It leads to, yeah. if I can get you to, and, and most times people very rarely, like if you do websites for a living, like that's your company, very rarely do people run into other people who are looking for website work. You know, now flip that, there are people that know that their clients are fixing a need website work and redo some things. Now, if you figure out those people and you start getting introduced to those people, you could open up a ton of work coming in. So we flipped the entire idea of quit looking for referrals and start looking for introductions. Because if I can yeah. get you to the right person that will open up a shit ton of doors, there may be a ton of referrals and additional business out of it, but it's a lifetime relationship. It's not a right. one-off, you know, let's get this transaction done. Right. And that philosophy shifted for so many people and people usually will see it now. They attend one of our chapters and like, holy shit, my schedule's full. I'm like, yeah, they're, they're going to open the world up for you very, very, very quickly because mm -hmm. we know making introductions is the fastest way to grow your business. Yeah, that's and great. So, and you're right. It's about relationships. 100%. Not this one-off thing. Yep. Yeah. And, and, you know, you, a part of Success Champions Networking, everybody knows that the group is not your fucking prospecting list. You, know, you go to all these other meetings and all these other organizations and people have got their damn hand out. They're like, what are you going to do for me? You know, or you'll hear people say, I haven't gotten any referrals or you'll hear people say like, I don't got, I haven't gotten any ROI out of this thing. And it's a hundred percent of cool. What doors have you opened for other people? I mean, how have you invested in others? And you know, we're a pretty easy thing to qualify for and, and to disqualify yourself. Like if you walk up to our organization and you're like, okay, what do I get out of this? Cool. It's not for you because mm -hmm. with that mindset, you're never going to, like we had one guy tell us, he goes, why the hell would I introduce my clients and contacts to anybody <laughs> in mind? I'm like, oh, self-qualified brother. We are not a fit for you. Whoa. My <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, and, and. I mean, all those things come from a desperation mindset. Yeah. And when people are desperate, they can't pour into others. And, you know, winning comes That's pouring That's not out. who you want to work with at all if, uh, or have around you. For sure. For sure. You know, wow. Um, you know, but if you keep upping the caliber of who you work with, what you do, the right people keep showing up. 
And, you know, for me at the end of the day, if you just get a bunch of badasses, like legit badasses that will invest in others, good shit happens. Yeah, absolutely. So how can people find you to work with you, apply for one of your chapters? So the easiest place to go is go to DonnieBovine.com. So D-O-N-N-I-E-B-O-I-V-I-N.com. Um you can find all the things that we do there from the Badass Business Summit to Success Champion Networking to the podcast, the books, that'll get you all the places. Or you can text the word success to 817-318-6030 and we'll send you an email with all the links to all the stuff as well. So text them. Yeah, we try and keep it as simple as possible. Um, but follow me anywhere on social media and inevitably i'll say it or 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 one of our links will be there so i'm active okay. damn near on everything so cool and it's actually cool. me the content so people always ask me you know um it's actually me producing and creating and posting and interacting as content wonderful that's great well i will put the link to the website in the show notes and on this episode's page on my website and i will also put that number to text to in the show notes and on this episode's page on my website beautiful beautiful totally uh, easy let me do one quick favor before we wrap this thing up for the yes day. so guys if you got any tips tricks any value out of this episode something that you can apply to your business do kelly the greatest favor and share this episode out with one person i can tell you having your own podcast it's a lot of work to continually produce content find the guest promote the show and get the content out there do her the greatest favor and share it with one person it's literally like you walked up and gave her a virtual hug it'll mean everything to her so help her out thank you so much for that yes it would be like a virtual hug i love that <laughs> thank you so much Donna. you're very welcome too. and one last question we didn't talk about this beforehand you are in the fort worth region i am i am i am originally from houston texas oh look at you Fellow Texan. There you My go. Goodness. I live in <laughs> Pittsburgh now, but. Oh, I didn't you know, know people actually lived in Pittsburgh. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you, know, you can take the girl out of Texas, but. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has just been so much fun. I love your story. I love your book. Y'all buy Donnie's book. Do you want them to buy it from your website? Yeah, go ahead. I mean, even on the website, it's going to take you straight to Amazon. So, okay. All right. Then I'll put a link directly yep. um, to the Amazon oh, uh, thank page you. as well. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Uh, you know what? Last fun, funny offer. If anybody thinks an hour of my time would be valuable, if you'll go to Amazon and buy 10 books and you email me a receipt at Donnie at DonnieBovine.com, which will cost you $40, I'll send you my calendar link and I'll take, you know, sit down with you for an hour and help you work on your business. Ooh. So. That is awesome. Oh my God, y'all should do that. Yes. Buy 10, give them to friends, give them to your clients, yep. give them to colleagues. What a gift. Yes, this would make an excellent gift for clients. You know, sure. you give them you give them things for Christmas, don't you? Or you give them out in a client welcome basket or, you know, gift bag, whatever. And trust me, when they see the cover and they read the title, they're going to giggle and laugh right along with you. Yes, they will. That is a great idea. Thank you for that, Donnie. You're welcome. You're Fabulous. Welcome. All right. Well, thank y'all for being here today. I really appreciate your listening. You can leave comments on this episode's page on the website, link in the show notes. I'd love it if you would rate and leave a positive review. And I'll be back in just a few days. So see you next time on the Marketing Chat Podcast.